and welcome to the virtual cafe. I'm your host, Shagulala Salami. Um, who have I got here, please? Author Felicia Denise. Hi, Felicia. How are you? I am doing good here in Tucson, Arizona, where we have had good weather the last time you and I talked, but today it's 45 degrees. So that's Fahrenheit. What is that in centigrade? I have no idea. I'm an American. We don't know metric system. <laughs> uh, I have I have no idea. I'm sure there's an easy way to change the converters, but I have no idea. Well, lucky you. Well, I have no sympathy for you weather-wise because the last few days. I mean, today has been a good day, quote unquote, good day. Because the last few days, right, in London, I think one of my friends, she monitored the temperature and she went, it goes, it went as far as minus four degrees. I have no what? idea. Well, yeah, exactly. So, but that's not minus four degrees in centigrade, right? Freezing point of water, if I'm not embarrassing myself, is that what, zero degrees or something like that? So it was past freezing point. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, exactly. So we've had it really, really cold. And then in the middle of the night, it was so cold. I wanted to take my dressing gown, plus my duvet. I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's just the way forward. <laughs> I did not realize it got that cold in London. Oh, it can be stupidly cold here sometimes. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, because that's why the Canadians, they like to laugh, laugh, at, the, you know, laugh at us because Anytime it does get stupidly cold, and now the little human, she's, 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 I'm not even sure, I'm sure it's not the cold, because she's nice and toasty, but she's like, yeah, mommy, you're, you're always on this podcast show, so I'm like, yeah, sorry, darling, I'm going to just ignore you for the time being, but yes, <laughs> but the Canadians, they always laugh at us here in London, because every year, well, maybe not last year, but every now and then, we, yes, mommy, Every now and then we get dodgy weather and then everything, all our transportation system crashes and the Canadians are like, ooh, well we get that all the time. <laughs> yes, well that's how we are here with, with the East Coast and the West Coast because the West Coast doesn't get really bad weather and the East Coast just gets buried. Yes. Yes, I can imagine. Um, so yes, that's uh, so. It's not our bad weather doesn't happen all the time. I mean, it rains here all the time anyway, so we don't really count the rain. Um, but the snow. I mean, we've not had proper snow yet, but the cold. The cold has been a bit on the on the top side um, the last the last few days. So fingers crossed. We've seen the worst of it till maybe February. Um, but I think it would be nice if it did snow over Christmas Day. So we can have a white Christmas. What do you think? Wow, um, January is cold in here in Arizona. We might see snow up in the mountains, but February is when the temperature starts going up again. <laughs> oh really? I mean, it's yeah. um, we've had snow in February. Don't even ask why or how, but we had snow in February. Um, you know, a couple of years back. Um, so, our winters are very short here in Arizona because okay. we're in the desert and our, our winter period doesn't last very long. Okay, so what, a few days or a month or how long? Um, about a month to six weeks. Okay, that's, that's really good actually. 
And we still have, even when it's cold, like right now, like I said, it's less than 50 degrees outside, but we still have bright sunshine. It's just not warm. Hmm. Yeah, no, here from like 3.30, 4 o'clock, it starts getting dark. So you just think, okay, where am I now? Is it the middle of the night? And that they just makes you want to go into the bed. Wow. Yes. No, we have, we have about 12 hours of daylight right now. Wow. That's like, wow. Okay. <laughs> From about six no, to six. Wow. Because if I open my curtains, the clothes are because it's that dark outside already. It's, it's, it's gloomy. Um, but what I'm definitely looking forward to is that I ordered a tanker. You know one of those really big um, hot chocolate mugs, but this one, they call it a yes. tanker. So I'm yes. hoping it's humongous, right? So I will not feel guilty <laughs> about having two mugs of hot chocolate at a time because one just never seems to be enough. So I have to go and wow. order it. I have to take two two mugs and sort of get my chocolate fixed. You know, <laughs> uh, so now I'm hoping it's the actual side. I mean, they describe it as a Santa tankard mug. So tankard, well, I'm hoping it's big enough. <laughs> and so when I have in my nice one, Mother pot chocolate, I then don't feel guilty. I mean, the fact that it probably would be two two months in one or three months in one is beside the point, but it is not <laughs> at the time. That is what I am looking forward to. Wow. And I, yeah, so what would you like to <laughs> go on? I am going to have my standard strong black coffee. Absolutely. Why don't you try what I have? Okay, because you know, change is good. I normally have fair trade, 100% cocoa powder. It's both for baking and for drinking. I put fair trade granulated sugar, so you get 100% good ingredients, no chemicals, no nothing. How about giving that a try? All right, you talked me into it because it's 100% natural. Yeah, so it's 100% cocoa powder, so none of the chocolates uh other regular chocolate is sort of the chemical stuff that you don't really need in your body um so yes we'll give that we'll give that a go and then what have i got today so today is a nice gloomy day yes you've got a yellow dress <laughs> <laughs> so it's very similar i'm optimistic that for next year the little human that she's just turned two she's going to be a very active participant in our podcast oh yes oh yes She's going to be your engineer. Yes, exactly. But she's also <laughs> going to contribute, and she's going to give you a child's point of view. So All right. What are we saying now? It's a bee, so she's got a naughty bee on her shirt. That's a naughty, buzzy oh. bee. Isn't that right? <laughs> oh, we've got shy now. <laughs> no. 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 Yes, it's yellow. Are you going to say hello to everyone now? Go on, say hello in here. Good girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no screaming in the fellows. I made um was it called what I got because our birthday cake is eventually finished, but the other day I made my favorite carrot bread. I always tend to alternate oh. between um, carrot and courgette. So what I've got and I brought out of the freezer, because again, because there are no preservatives in it, I always tend to freeze right. carrots immediately, just to make sure that when I do bring it out, it's still fresh. Because 
that is one where if it's if you're not eating it immediately, it goes quite stale um, after wow, a couple okay. of days. So you're gonna have loads of nice fresh stuff today. Well, I will definitely try that. That sounds delicious. It is, you know. Um, I, I don't have any funky ingredients to it. Um, so yeah, so we're going to do that. The little human. I said she's gonna go and bring it out. Are you gonna go and bring the bread? Go bring the bread. Yeah, she's not happy. You're making me do work, mom. And I'm only the tool. I'm only this one. I'm making her do work. Okay. Child right. labor. Child labor. We gotta start early, you know. We gotta start early, so she knows what hot labor is. You know, exactly. Yeah, you know, she was like that. You know, her kids—they don't do any work. Like you might scream and you might shout, but they don't just be like, yeah. So it's like, I'm like, no, I'm not even gonna have none of that. We gotta start early. Watch <laughs> <laughs> that get too rebellious. <laughs> So tell me, how's your book doing? How's Olivia? My book is doing very well. Uh, it was in the big book sale that Nicole Locker uh, sponsored last week. And I went from number 353 in my subcategory to number two. Woo! Congrats, congrats, congrats. So it did very well. I was very pleased. And I had a couple of authors tell me that I was giving my book away too much. And I said, I disagree. I said, this is my first book. I didn't write it, yes. you know, to get rich. I need to, you know, let people know who I am. Let them yes. know my writing style, what I'm writing about. So if I give away a thousand copies, if people recognize my name and like my writing, all the better. Of course, of I, course. You I didn't give away too much. No, I did not join this game to say, well, you know, I'm going to be the next James Patterson or Toni Morrison. Yes. I, I had a story to tell, and I wanted it out there, and it's out there now, and I'm very pleased. Oh, good, good. And what have people been saying about it? I, so I don't have a lot of reviews right now, but they're all five stars. Well done. Well done around the book. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I think, right, as an author, I can't say for you, but for me, I'm going to admit it, right? I am shameless, and I only admit it. That as an author, when someone sends me feedback and they go, Oh my god, I really love your book, it gives me a massive big head, right? In my head, I look Oh, I got a I got a review last week that actually brought tears to my eyes. Because because every part that I struggled with and lost sleep over and and you know worried about she connected with and she loved it and that made it all worth it she connected with what i was trying to say and i was like she got it she actually got it and that made me feel good you know because writing a, writing a book is not easy i don't care who it is or what they're writing about writing a book is not easy and you want to connect with your reader Yes. And when she went through that, her review and connected with every point that, that I struggled with, I was like, all right, I'm done. That's it. I don't have to write another book. She got it. I'm done. <laughs> oh, that's really lovely. That's really lovely. I think, you know, as authors, you know, apart from the big head, I love big head. Like, I'm not ashamed to say I love that guy with a big head. But it's just nice when, you know, it's like, it's like, 
being an author is like being pregnant and delivering a beautiful child. You know, because yes. then, you know, and then when someone sees your child and then they say to you, actually, I think your child is beautiful, but then they go on to emphasize, no, I'm not saying that your child is beautiful because your child is, you know, because that's what everybody said. I'm saying that your child is beautiful because genuinely then your child is good because there are some children who you just think, yeah, maybe not, but you know, you just say to the parents, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly the same thing. When someone comes and gives you, Feedback, right? And the exactly. isn't just saying it for the sake of saying it, but they can tell yes. you things about the book, and you're like, wow, okay. So the thing that I have in my head, you can actually understand. It was almost like you're in my head and can relate to the information. Exactly, exactly. They don't just see the beauty on the outside; they see the beauty on the inside. Yes. And that's great. Yes. That's great. As an author, that's you. You've done what it was you started out to do. Yes, yes. Um, and even if it's just one person who that resonates with, that is a job well done, I think. So well done. Thank you. Yes. Okay, so, right, so we've been talking. Um, oh, people, Alan, he had to go to the court today. So unfortunately, you know, last week would be his last episode on the show. And, you know, he says to tell you all thank you for taking the time to listen to him. And he hopes that, you know, all his contributions, you found it um, very useful. Um, if you ever need to catch him, um, he, he's a lawyer uh, with Hugh James, which is a law firm in the UK. So Hugh James, H-U-G-H-J-A-M-E-S dot com. Was it dot UK? I don't know. But you Google it and you'll, you'll find it. And he's also on Twitter. Um, so the last, uh, I think, was this. This is uh, the episode four. So we've done... Three, well, we're supposed to be doing four stages of it. So, no, this is episode five. So, the first episode, we talked about, you know, how to identify a child who is being abused. And then the second episode, we were talking about um, how to get justice for a child. Then the second and the third episode, no, sorry, but the third and the fourth episodes, we're talking about um, the five stages of grief. So, today, we'll be talking about the third stage of grief that makes today episode five and the third stage of grief you know is bargaining now this whole thing is like i'll just do a quick quote from a website it's called changingminds.org and it's basically saying in the kubler ross grief cycle the fourth stage of grief is one of desperate bargaining mm -hmm. okay and it says that well, after the uh, symptoms, it says after the fires of anger have been blown out, then you know the next stage is the, is the is the desperate round of bargaining, seeking ways to avoid having that bad thing happen again. Bargaining is you know is a vain expression of hope that the bad news is reversible. So in your book, how did Olivia bargain? Did she do any? I mean, I know you said that. She was only at the second stage of grief. So if that's correct, if I remember correctly, um, in your next book, how do you think you're going to show her bargaining? What can the what can the reader expect from a bargaining point of view? Olivia is going to go into counseling as an adult. She's going to uh, have counselors who deal with adults who were abused as children. And in the beginning, her counseling is not going to go well because okay. they're they're trying to get her to understand that you know none of this was her fault. 
Yes. There was there was nothing she could have done to avoid it. There was no one listening to her. There was no yep. one she could reach out to. But Olivia is still saying it was no big deal. You know, I got through it. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm a successful lawyer. I'm here. You know, so yep. it, it, it's not a big deal. And I don't even know why I agreed to do this. Yeah. So even though she's gone through all this trauma for 30 years, nearly 30 years, and she yes. finally agrees to go into legitimate counseling with people who help uh, adults abuse his children, she still is not admitting to the problem. She still just wants to push it to the back burner. Mm, mm, mm. So what do you think will then be the consequences of trying to do that? You only hurt yourself and you keep the trauma inside of you. I mean, you, st you will still have your triggers that set you off. And I'm not saying you can ever make those triggers go away. I don't know. I'm not a professional in that area. I don't know if that's possible. But thunderstorms, you know, set her off. And seeing the abuse of another child sets her off. And these are things that are going to happen, especially in her line of work. And you have to learn how to put it in its proper place. Just as you are not at fault, this child isn't at fault. You can relate on that level. But if you try to see a child who went through the same thing you did, but still internalize it, my situation was different. Yeah. When it actually wasn't. Yes. Yeah. Each, each okay. situation is unique. I don't want to discount anyone's trauma or grief. Each, each situation is unique. But in the scheme of things, the bargaining is the same. Yeah. You're still trying to, and you're trying to bargain with yourself. Yeah. No one's going to be able to help you unless you can admit to yourself that, you know, I need to, to look at this for what it is. I need to understand why I feel this way. Why do yeah. I feel like I have to deny this or push it to the side? Why can't I just say this happened and go on and get over with, especially in her case, when, when the abusers were arrested and brought to trial and went to prison, mm -hmm. she was a child. Yes. So I don't know on what level, you know, I'm still digging into Olivia, especially, you know, dealing with the second book. I'm still determining on what level she put herself because she went into foster care at 11 and age got in the system as an adult. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, do you? Um, I know you always say she's seeking, you know, therapy, and you know she's still in quote unquote denial. Um, but would you put, you know, to sort of go through the whole five stages of grief? Where I'm hoping, and I'm sure people who are following this, you know, would be rooting for her and have a nice hunky guy. That you know, by the end of it, we will see, you know, finally she would have you know, acceptance, and there will be lots of hot steaminess going on in her life, you know, <laughs> you know, but it would be quite nice to see, you know, fully how you, you know, you um, manifest the five stages. I think in the first book, you've done two stages, right? Yes. The relationship okay. with Bruce is her motivator. It's her inspiration because she has never yeah. had a trusting relationship with a man. She's always had, you know, friends with benefits. And I use that term lightly because they weren't even friends. 
but right. she sees that she can have a quote unquote normal life, but she has got to make peace with her past. Yes. And, and you know, Bruce also went through his own uh, abandonment problems because his wife walked away when, when their children were babies. Ah. And, and he's been alone, you know, all of this time. He raised his kids on his own. He was a great dad. So he knows on some level what Olivia is dealing with. The, the part of the book I love that I'm dealing with right now is his adult daughter, who was almost Olivia's age when her mother left, had to deal with her own sense of our, our issues with abandonment. And Bruce put his kids into counseling. So Bruce, Bruce's daughter, Casey, and Olivia will go head to head on their issues, on their internal issues, on their pain, because Casey's going to call her on it. Mm. So mm. you've got a whole family here dealing with issues of abandonment. And Olivia is not going to have a whole lot to stand on because their mother walked away. Her mother did not walk away. Her, mother, her mother's yes. injuries and mental disorder made her unable to be a mother. So Olivia's got some, yes. some realizations to come through. Yes. Wow. See, now the book is sounding very intense. Well, the second book is sounding very intense. Yes. And yeah, go on. Sorry. It, it's not an easy write. And I've been talking with, you know, professionals in the field. And I have uh, people who read the book who have written me, who either went through it or have friends who went through it. And it's giving me a new a new area to grasp onto because I had talked with people yes. for the first book, but now that her her issues and her trauma have been you know made public, people are getting deeper into this book. And it's just amazing me that people would talk to me and tell me these things. Yes. Yes. Um so do you feel that I mean I think one of the things that I do like um, you know is that you know you're covering quite a realistic subject you're not glossing over it um so how much you know are you going to try and make it very realistic in the sense that are you going to make hints about the type of services you know that are available that one can access help with not necessarily putting the direct names but you might say oh she saw somebody who works in this type of field you know that sort of thing no, you will actually read about her counseling sessions. You will be in the counseling session. Okay, okay. Uh, Olivia's counselors are Leo and Diane Payton. And it is um, a little tribute I did. Leo and Diane Payton are actual foster parents mm -hmm. that I used to work with. Yeah. So that's why I made them the counselors because Leo in the end did go back to school and get his degree in counseling. Mm -hmm. And they are yes. fantastic foster parents. Mm -hmm. And they've had some kids, you know, through their homes who have been in some of the worst situations. So mm -hmm. I, I uh, some of that is, is taken from reality as they as Olivia goes through her counseling sessions. And it's not gonna be easy. Yeah. Okay. So what are you hoping that readers, you know, get from this second book? That it is possible 
to work through the pain. But in, but in order to work through the pain, you've got to admit the pain exists. Yes. And that you can't just say, okay, I'm in love or okay, I have a great job and I'm successful and I'm better and I can get on with my life. It is not that easy. No, it's not. Especially for what she went through, it has to be addressed. Even if, like with her mother, even if there's no acknowledgement that I did this or I was wrong for doing this or I couldn't help myself for doing this, you can still go on because, you know, too many times abusers or those who neglect or, or inadvertently neglect aren't going to admit to it. Yes. And Olivia may or may not get this in the book, but she doesn't know that's not what she's looking for. She's not looking for acknowledgement. Because mm, mm, mm. Olivia is carrying her own guilt. Yes. Yes, and that's why you want her to have a face-off with her mommy. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, those scenes have been written. The scenes with her mother, that part has been written. And I cannot tell you how much I cried, okay? <laughs> oh, my God, those were very, very hard scenes. And I had to, to step back several times because they are very emotional. Oh, wow. Well, wow, she's just giving me nuts in my tummy now. Well, you find out a lot about her mother that you don't know about in book one. Because I don't think she her mom featured very much in book one. No, you you hear about her, and there are things said about her, but you don't meet her until book two, and then you know, right now people are thinking she's a crazy lady in a male institution. She couldn't handle the death of her husband. You know, her, her daughter went into childcare. What's wrong with this woman? It'll all be explained. And wow, it like I said, and it's not the story I started writing. Yeah. It took on a life of its own and went in its own direction. And I'm I'm very pleased with it. Yeah. Okay, so two questions that I've been sort of in my mind that I've been trying to ask and then you know, baby brain. I swear my wife friend's gonna shoot me one of these days because yeah, I've been using this whole baby brain thing. I mean, he says even baby brain is already on set, right? But I've, I've been I've been overusing it, right? So okay, two questions, and now the first one has completely skipped out of my mind. Uh, I'm hoping that the second question will come back. But in the meantime, the one that I wanted to ask is: Olivia had she was sexually abused. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Right. Now, you've mentioned that she's had sexual relations with people sort of quote unquote friends with benefits. Yes. How did the sexual abuse affect her sexual relationships? Or did it have any there, effect on us? Her, her friends with benefits was purely physical. There was no emotion. She never felt anything for any of the men. And it was just for physical release. And she even had, and most of the men, well, I shouldn't say most of the men, but it's, it's um, in, the, in the first book you hear about, you know, some of them accused her of using them for sex. And she was like, no, we used each other. There were no promises made, no guarantees, you know, and she moved on. But in the first book, there is one guy who will not let her push him aside. And, he, you know, he almost stalks her. 
So she she kind of gives in and says, okay, I'll try to give a relationship a try. And the very next thing that God wants to do is introduce her to his parents. Wow. And, and she can't walk away fast enough. She is just too through. She is not yeah. in for the, the whole emotional ride. Yes. But okay. it's Bruce in, that meets her and gets up under her skin because he's not trying to drag her off to bed, you know, or anything like that. He, he, he's, when he meets her, it's like he sees inside of her and sees who she really is. Yeah. Okay. The first thing he notices is the sadness in her eyes. Yes. I think it's saying your eyes are the window to your soul. Mm-hmm. That, on, that, on that topic, I still haven't remembered what my first question, my second question was. Um, I'm hoping I remember before the end of the show. And some <laughs> people, um, some people, okay, for instance, uh, I've come across from a lot of different groups that I'm in, you know, where people talk that have experienced, you know, sexual abuse, um, you know, they've, you know, they've just come up, you know, to be able to give, you know, their own experiences. Um, and so one lady, um, she said that she was abused um, as a child, you know, and it was sort of like extended family members um, who had done that. Um, and so what she says that whilst as an adult now, while she has no hang-ups for regards to men, she just does not want, as a result of what has happened to her, she does not want any man in her bed and makes out with women. Then I also know another person, and this time it's a guy, who was sexually abused, you know, again, by family, friends. Um, and again, obviously, he's a guy, and it was a guy who's done the abuse. But then he's now struggling with his sexuality. In his head, he thinks that he's straight. But then, you know, there's a part of him who has been, I'm not sure if this is the right word, because again, his abuse happened over a number of years. Um, you know, whereas that whole, that whole, I'm trying to figure, think of the way to pick my, pick my words, it's kind of like, almost like conditioning. So he's mm -hmm. trying to then define, you know, you know, find himself. So it's looking mm -hmm. like uh, Olivia didn't have any problems with that, though, did she? No, no, no. Okay. I mean, when you've done research, you know, have you found, you know, people trying to, you know, struggling to find their identity? Because okay, when you're being forced to do something outside of your will, it's, I'm trying to say, what's the best way? It makes you feel helpless. It makes you feel like you've got no that, control. And it, it, that, the, the, the abuse itself gives you an identity. Hmm. Because look at, the, I think one of the best examples are the women who are sexually abused, who after the abuse ends, they become promiscuous and they're just wild out there doing whatever with anyone. Yeah. Because that's who they think they are. Right. And again, you know, it's, some of that stuff is so deep inside, it's hard to reach. It's hard to reach. And you have to be an excellent counselor and know that it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time. And they're going to, you know, fight you on it. Yeah. Because there's still a lot of guilt 
no matter if you're tied up or held down or whatnot, there's still a lot of guilt that if I hadn't have done this or if I hadn't been here, if I hadn't said that, it wouldn't have happened. Yes. 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 <sighs> you know, just sometimes, you know, you just think, wow. You're just like, wow, and you're just completely speechless. You don't, you know, there's so much, you know, going on. And, you know, that's why sometimes, some, I think I read somewhere someone said, you know, you should always be kind to people because you never really know what someone else is dealing with. Um, exactly. Especially, especially with the silent illnesses, because if someone yeah. is having, you know, a mental situation that they're trying to come to terms with, you know, you might look at them, you know, that they're physically okay. They're, you know, on the outside, they look okay. But you never really can tell what they're dealing with on the inside. Exactly. I just read an article day before yesterday of an 18-year-old girl in Texas who killed herself because of the harassment and bullying she was going through online. Wow. She she was a beautiful girl, and by all accounts, a good student. You know, a, a good daughter, a good sister, but. There were people that were putting her picture and name on sex sites. They were posting her phone number on dating sites. And she just, all she wanted was some peace. And the only way she thought she would get peace was to kill herself. Wow. But isn't there like, sorry, go on. It's just hard. And, and, and her family knew about it, and they tried to help her and address it. But even to that end, if no one else is taking you seriously, what do you do? Hmm. So does that mean that her parents didn't take her seriously? No, 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 no. Her parents did. But when they would reach out to the parents of the kids who were doing this, they got no, no help. When they reached out to the school, they all attended together. They got no help. When they reached out to the police, they said, you know, no legitimate crime had been committed. Although now they're saying they're going to prosecute any guilty party. Well, if you said no one was guilty before she killed herself, what are you going to do now? Yeah. Isn't there like a cybercrime unit, you know, or cyberbullying unit or something like that? I'm sure I've seen something towards those lines, you know, about some cyberbullying support. Isn't there one over there? But it's still very, very new and it's still more more garnered toward sexual abuse for right. you know, ad adults who are luring kids. But right. to me, there has to be an ac accountability. Yes. You know, why would you do this to this girl who has done nothing to you? Yeah. I, I don't I don't even understand bullying. I mean, it's been going on forever, but I don't even understand the point of bullying, except for those bullies who can only feel better about themselves if they're, you know, picking on someone they think is less than. Yes. But then sometimes, though, if you trace, again, this is not all the time. I'm not saying it's applicable to every single person. But I'm saying sometimes if you trace it back, it would have something to do with the roots of that child. Because sometimes, again, I've read something somewhere that sometimes children who are bullies, if you look back at their family life, they're being bullied themselves. The same way with sexual abuse. Uh, sexual abusers were abused. Yes. 
So that's one thing. And then sometimes those bullies might actually be spurred on by their parents. Because exactly. There was a video that I saw on Facebook the other day where um, I don't know the woman looked elderly, so I don't I don't think she's the mom. I she might possibly be the boy's grandmom. Say football fans are hooligans. Uh, well, some football, some football fans are hooligans. Not all football fans are hooligans. Some football <laughs> fans are hooligans. So they said, and I don't mean the American football. I'm talking about the proper football that everybody else. Yeah, because yes. I know that you guys are completely different in your own terms. Of, so um, this motto, in this video, the m grandma or mom, I, I can't tell if she's looks older. Um, she was then using swear words. Um, against this football club and the little boy watching the little boys were repeating after her and it was like mill wall f of all will mill wall f of all right yeah and so yep. that's basically the you know using swear words and these boys are like i don't think they're more than five years old they looked quite of course young. of course right and then at the end of the video and goes uh, how do you now say? I'm trying to remember the words. He now goes, oh, fuck. I'm not supposed to. FN, black, the C word? Yes. C-U-N-T? Yes. Yes. So, and so basically, that's where it starts. So sometimes, again, it's all down to the parents. If you look through, it's usually in one way or the other related to the parents, I think. I'm not saying it happens all the time. But sometimes it, it could possibly stem, you know, from that. Yes. But look at that that guy, Brock Turner, who raped that girl behind a dumpster. Yep. And, and his father said, you're going to send him to prison for, you know, 20 minutes for getting a piece. <laughs> that was his father. You know, yep. so this is what he grew up with. That's the mentality he was raised with. Yes. So, yeah, it's no wonder he turned out to be an ass. <laughs> well, hopefully no children are listening to this episode. We need to take a toothbrush and wash out our mouths today. <laughs> Sorry, kid. <laughs> well, on the plus side, the little human, you know, she's fallen asleep now. So she was like, she got tired of waiting and trying to demand attention that she wasn't getting. So she was like, you know what, I'm just going to sleep next to Mama. And hopefully, you know, she's going to be done soon enough. Um, and, and, and I'll wake her up. <laughs> so she's not had anything. So thankfully, that, that, that's the plus side. Because I don't want her to, to then end up with a foul mouth. <laughs> yes, we, we shouldn't be doing what we're accusing parents of doing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, you are bad influence, Miss Felicia. I I am innocent. I am very innocent here. I am following your lead, Ms. Salami. No, you are very bad. <laughs> I will not do such a thing ever. Oh, I am the guest here. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that, uh, that one. Well, actually, no. You are 
old hat. You've been coming here all the time, so you you know your way around. So no, you're not a guest. You're you're like family now. You've been here several times, so no, you can't use that guest excuse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I hadn't tried. I hadn't tried. <laughs> yeah, so you know, what, like, you know, sometimes when you're laughing too much and then your ear gets hot. And I'm like, I'm sure if I was light skin, my ears would be red right now, but it just feels really warm. Like it's like the heat in the house has just gone straight into my ears. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. It's all it's all well and good. So people can be sorry if we, we didn't mean to use, you know, bad words. But you know, sometimes when you're trying to explain something, you know, yeah. sometimes the father said they say you have to to break an egg, you have to break an egg to make an omelet. So Yes. We just broke a dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so we broke the egg to make the omelet, sorry. <laughs> no more omelets today. No, no more no more omelets today. Um but yes, you know, it was just quite you know interesting you know, to see that, you know, even if you know someone different people might be exposed to the same type of abuse. The way that they respond to it, yes, is completely different. Like it's sometimes very hard to see that you know any two people you know who have experienced the same symptoms would then manifest in exactly the same way. Um, exactly. What makes us all uh, different, and that's why I think you know, Alan. You know, he always says that you know we should treat, we should do everything that is you know in the best interest of. The person you know who's been involved. Um, yes. So he like he likes to stay a survivor. So at this changeinminds.org website, I don't know if this, but it was just something that I randomly googled and it came up and I thought it was an org website. So you know they might know what they're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. And what I would say with regards to bargain and um, you know treatment, so I'm just going to try and read them word for word. Um, they're okay. saying that when people are bargaining any false hope. Although there may be practical things um, that they can do, which you can offer them, never offer them something that cannot be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the best thing you can do at this stage is point even more at the inevitable, even though this may well take them into destruction. Mm -hmm. Okay, I mean, which makes it well necessary move. Um, when they're in a bargaining mood, sometimes there are things you can offer them, such as support for a change or new opportunities. Um, in these cases, you may be able to strike a win-win deal where they get an improved deal and you get collaboration or some other contribution. Then, uh, this may include finishing off some important work before they leave um, and receiving a, a special bonus for, for doing so. So, you know, what sort of, you know, what sort of treatments do you see that Olivia would get, you know, when she starts bargaining? Hmm. Hmm. I know, I'm putting you on the spot, aren't I? <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's so much the treatment that she's going to get than the relationships she's going to make. Mm. I think... So she's going to do more internal bargaining. Yes, but I think it's the relationships that she's going to make in the second book that is going to give her more clarity. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, that sounds that sounds good. So tell us again, when is your second book coming out? It should be out January fifteenth. Wow, that's not long to go. The year is almost at an end now. And is it available because for pre-order? The Sorry, second book won't. The second book won't be available for a pre-order because I learned my lesson the first time. <laughs> oh, really? What was I, that lesson? I am just the queen of rewrites, and I wasn't happy, and I almost didn't make my my deadline when I put the first book up for pre-order. And you know, with Amazon, if you miss, you know they they come down hard. So I didn't want to put myself in that situation because I literally was in the the eleventh hour of getting that book online, and I didn't want to pressure myself like that with the second book because the second book actually was maybe three quarters of the way written because I had written this as one book. I did not want to do a series and yeah. I had written it. I had written it as one book, but I got to the point where I thought it was too much for the reader to digest at one time mm-hmm. because the the first book already comes out at, you know, 300 pages. Oh, and wow. So I, I had to make a decision. And like I said, it was in the 11th hour to cut the the portion with Serena's mother, I had to I had to cut all of that out and said this has got to stand on its own along with the other relationships that Olivia's going to come into. Because it would have just been too much, in my opinion, as, as the writer for yeah. one book. Yeah. And and I was happy with how the first book came out. I tried to wrap up all the loose ends for the stories that were in the first book. And letting yeah. the reader know that, you know, now it's, you know, she she did start a relationship with Bruce. Now that relationship has to grow and she's got to deal with her issues, which number one is her mother. Yes. Okay. That's fine. That, that sounds like a plan. Um, and so what is this title of the book? It is also in the best interest of the child and it's called Family Matters. That sounds interesting. Because there's there's so many different family arcs going on, and, and I shouldn't say so many, but everything is centered around family in this book. Yes. Okay. Well, family does matter, so it's definitely very important. Um, okay, so you put me anywhere else. Right. I'm here. Yes, I was like, are you going to just have Amazon or are you going to be able to? I'm sorry, I did not hear that. You broke up. Sorry. I said, are you going to put your book available for sale only on Amazon or are you going to make it available for sale on other websites? No, it will. this will be Amazon only because I put the first book out everywhere. And... Mm-hmm. I don't know if it wasn't promoted well, if I didn't do what I should have done, but the the majority of my sales came from Amazon. So I'm not even going to waste time with the second book. And it's going to be a, a Kindle Unlimited. Ah, right, okay. That sounds like a plan. And, okay. and people are reading uh, the first book on Kindle Unlimited. You know how they they track yes. the pages, and a lot of people yes. are still reading the first book on Kindle Unlimited. Okay, that's good. That's good. Well, I, it's been you know an absolute pleasure, um, you know, walking through your journey with you, and you know, hopefully, you know, sometime next year, you know, when your book is out, you'll be like, yes, I I I spoke about it on the 
Uh, they can I have a contact page on my uh, author site, Felicia, F-E-L-I-C-I-A, Denise, D-E-N-I-S-E dot com, or I can be reached at Felicia Denise dot Felicia D, excuse me, at Felicia D. Right, okay, perfect. Is that D for Delta? <laughs> D for Delta. Yeah, okay, perfect. So, any last words? before we call it a day, a night, or morning. What's the time over no. there? Right now it is 10.30 in the morning, Friday. But I thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. And I'm making notes because you're always, you know, with the change.org, you're always giving me other things to think about. So, because my next book is about marriage relationships. So, I can, all this information is going to be used for good. I will use my powers for good. Perfect. That's what we like to hear. We like to hear. Uh, but I definitely am looking forward to, you know, talking about the next book even more. Um, but yes, yeah, so until next time, it's just me and my little human who's fallen asleep. And I'm going to try and just get a nap now because I didn't get any sleep overnight. So I feel like I'm a good. zombie. I I sounded a bit perky because, you know, I thought I was quite tired earlier on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, until rest. next time. Until next time now. Bye. Enjoy your week.